Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What is up? If you were listening to this, no, this is not a mistake. This is like when you go through the drive-thru and you've already eaten your fries and then you realize they accidentally gave you a second order of fries. We are back with another episode this week of the Just Press Play podcast. Earlier this week, we did me, LJ, and Hannah because we had no pops, and Hannah filled in, and we talked a little bit of movies. We got into some Disney movies, Disney songs, and we even talked a little 2000 CGI and dove into the rap beef going on with Drake and Pusha T, which it looks like we're going to need an update on that now that Pusha T has slid Drake neatly into a body bag, but... Now we jump on, Pops comes on with me after we had two Game 7s in the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. We talk into what we thought about those two Game 7s and what we think about LeBron heading back into the Finals for his 8th straight year against the Golden State Warriors, who now they have faced off four years in a row. Are we tired of it? Are we excited about it? Do we think LeBron has a shot? We get into all of it, but first, truth the beat. Pops, let's go. So we are down to the NBA Finals after two game sevens. Well, wait, 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 wait. I want to get on. We did the caution last week. Hannah filled in for you and we had a really good question. So let's rewind back on over to Hannah. So let us assume there are two boxes on a table. In one box, there is a relatively normal turtle. In the other, Adolf Hitler's skull. So you have to select one of these items for your home. If you select the turtle, you can't give it away and you have to keep it alive for two years. So if either of these parameters are not met, you will be fined $999 by the state. If you select Hitler's skull, you are required to display it in a semi-prominent location in your living room for the same amount of time, but you will be paid a stipend of $120 per month for doing so. But you can only display the skull in an apolitical way. So which one would you select? Well. All right, so that is what Hannah, that's the question she presented with me and LJ the other day on the pod. and. We were interested. I'll let you know our answers in a second. But we were intrigued to see what Pops would have to say about this. Okay. I will say I was able to give a – I don't know if you've uh, had a chance to listen, but I was able to give a little insight because I once owned a pet turtle. That was a little normal-sized turtle. So I've been there, done that, and (laughs) – they're a little more of a there's there's less uh, enjoyment than you would well than I thought I guess it's about a maybe you would assume a turtles can only be so much enjoyment they're not like a a little puppy or anything I think I've actually owned a turtle too so way back so I gave a little insight into LJ and Hannah and then we talked about whether we would put Hitler's skull on the mantle so I'll just toss it over to you what 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 are you doing of the two 
Well, I, you know, I think uh, I know a little bit about turtles. I believe I did have a pet turtle. I remember when you had your pet turtle, and I remembered it was um, a little... um, The fun of it was a little over-exaggerated, maybe. Yeah, and it kind of got nasty, and you had to keep that tank clean, and if you didn't... They can kind of stink, you know, and yeah. So, you know... With that said... With that said, I mean, plus a turtle is a living thing. You have to keep alive... You for two years, I believe. It, There's an it, expense. I mean, you got to get an aquarium. You got to get aquarium. Food, you got to get filter. food. Now, if you do Hitler's skull, you you do have to display it in a prominent position. But that could be just on the mantle with a light shining on it, or you know, whatever. See, I didn't even think a light. I just I was with you. I thought like above the fireplace on the mantle, you just had to have a skull, and it didn't necessarily have <laughs> to say Adolf Hitler's skull above it. It just had to be there, apolitically. Well, I think I think that obviously, well, I don't know that it's obvious or not, but I'm certainly no fan of Adolf Hitler by any means. This just at all. in, you know, that is I not pro Hitler. <laughs> I'm not I'm not pro racist, basically, and he is, he was, and and took it to another level, and so, but everybody on Earth knows his name, knows who he is. I think I would display a skull for whatever two years and get the hundred and twenty dollars a month, and it's an and it's it, you're doing it in an apolitical way. So I'm not uh, suggesting that I like or dislike or stand for or don't stand for whatever he did. Well, and, and you can even when someone asks, when someone goes, "What what's the skull doing on your on your mantle there?" You can tell them. Uh, I have to keep it's Hitler skull, which one it is an interesting conversation starter, if nothing else. Yeah. And then two, you're like, I'm only doing it because I get a stipend. I get $120 to put this skull in. It's not like I get $120 a month, you know, whatever. I got, I got beer tonight. I just got to have this skull up. It's beer money. So, you know, or one good weekend at the river with a lot of kids there. But anyway, um, kids, you know, well, just no, I mean, kids that are old enough to drink. (laughs) Kids that are old enough to drink, but not old enough to buy. <laughs> so, I guess. Okay, poor starving college kids. Um, but anyway, um, I think you know. I mean, and I like turtles, okay. But you know, I just went to the river this weekend, and we put uh, Buddy and Prancing Paws, and that's forty five dollars a night for a doggy suite. <laughs> so a little on the expensive side. But he's um, living nicer than I am. <laughs> yeah, no, he is, and so I think uh, I, I think I would go with Hitler's skull. You know, well, the year. and and we we all unanimously. That's why we want to see because I think this is the first caution ever been unanimous through all of us. Even Hannah was on board with this. We all decided that we would go Hitler's skull over the turtle, and mm-hmm. that's why we wanted to note if pops because we were calling it unanimous the other day, but. Technically, it wasn't unanimous yet. We still had to have we had to have pops weigh in, and you're siding with us. I just think like a turtle a turtle is a living thing, like a pet, like you said. Now you go out of town, someone's got to feed the dang thing. Someone's got to take care of it, you know. And you got to keep it alive. Well, and I guess with his skull, with his skull, I could take it down and do something nasty in it or something. Well, I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm gonna leave that there. I don't know where you're going with that. <laughs> Well, I'm saying like pee in his skull or something. <laughs> Not something super duper gross, but you know, I mean, maybe it was a little pinhead. I hope it was like a little pinhead that had no brain or something. But 
Alrighty. So dad's with me, LJ and Hannah. We're all we're all throwing up Hitler skull in the mantle. We're not living with the turtle. Nah. We're kind of dis dissing all the turtles out there. But let's go ahead and get to we Poor had turtles. two that we had two game sevens on back-to-back nights as as much of the NFL sorry as much as the NBA has been you know lackluster has been some blowouts some not as good games I don't know if you saw this but it was the first time since May of 1979 that both conference finals went to a game seven what were you doing back in 1979 in 1979 I was probably in the ninth grade <laughs> so that was the last um, time there were, i don't really know who but that was the last time there were two two game sevens in both conference finals so it, it's been it's been a while it's been a while it's been a bit a bit a little bit of time so and that's amazing i didn't realize i neither that. did i, I wow. thought you know I, I was when i was thinking just so going into the weekend we had the we're, I, we're not going to get into uh, this has sparked a lot on the the first take and all the fox sports stuff on the whole debate of who's the GOAT and all this stuff with LeBron's Game 7 performance. But let's just go the greatest player of our little – the past 10 years. And he was going into the weekend. He was playing a game on the road in Game 7 for a chance to go to the finals. And on the other side, there was the greatest team of the last 10 years, the Golden State Warriors, on the road in a Game 7 with a chance to go to the finals. I mean, you really – if you're the NBA, as much as there's been some ups and downs in the playoffs, you can't ask for a much better weekend than that right there. Yeah, a little intrigue. I, they had to have loved that, absolutely. So, let's get right into it. We'll just start with um, the Eastern Conference Finals, since that was first. And LeBron James, at age 33, I know it's been said multiple times here, but at age 33, in his 15th year, played all 48 minutes didn't come out once and put up right. another great performance. He actually – so I just want to point out that we – It's it, is there any more sure thing in, in sports than LeBron James is just going to perform when his back's against the wall? No. I I don't know that there is a more sure thing in sports. And, I mean, I'm looking at his stat line, what, 35, 48 minutes, 35 points, 15 rebounds, 9 assists. He's one away from a triple-double. Um, by the way, just something that stood out to me, Kev. Yeah. The total amount of assists that Cleveland had, they had only 15 in the whole game. Hmm. LeBron had nine of them. <laughs> Nobody else had more well, than two assists. I know at one point, and if you want, if you, if you, I, there, I'm sure there's stats out here. I know at one point, I think ESPN said at halftime, the Cavs players were 0 for 6 on open looks from LeBron passes. They were, it, both teams couldn't hit the couldn't throw the ball into an ocean. I mean, they were just missing threes left and right. I think the the Celtics were. I mean, the the Rockets were the same way the other night in Game Seven. But just neither team. It seemed like Game Seven kind of got to a lot of the role players. Not pretty much everybody. Not named LeBron and Jason Tatum. We'll get into him in a second. But they just no one else could do anything besides LeBron. And watching that game, it was funny. Every possession that you saw, because there was no time where LeBron took off, as we mentioned, he played the entire game. But every possession that the ball didn't go through him, if Jordan Clarkson came down and tried to run a pick and roll or Jeff Green tried to run a post up, every time they wouldn't score and you'd go, the ball's got to go into LeBron ha- LeBron's hands. There just was no time for him to rest at any point, especially no. on offense. He right. had to, if he wasn't initiating the score, like you just mentioned with their assist, 
If he wasn't initiating the bucket, they probably weren't getting the bucket. And it's just yeah. But, no, I, I mean I, I agree. He is he is the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean you look at it. So this is what the fourth time they're they're meeting, right? Which in and of itself is amazing. Mm-hmm. The Warriors and the Cavs. Yeah, which this is actually the first time in any of the four major American sports where two teams have reached the championship for four consecutive years to play each other. Yeah. Well, and I got to say, I think this is, and and I do want to get into who's going to guard who and a little bit of the lineups, but I think that this is the worst team he's brought with him to the finals. I mean, I'm not trying to get on the other guys, but it's just the least talented team he's had with him. And I'm going to give him – we're not going to get into that because you know which side I get on in the GOAT of all time. <laughs> but he has – he's he's played Jordan-esque, okay, I guess I could say. He has given everything he's got. Um, I mean, he, he is a stud. He is solidified as the second best player of all time and certainly, certainly – I can understand an argument that some would suggest he's the best. I I, I would entertain that argument because he is an incredible athlete, incredible guy. Well, so. and I wanted to, and we'll get into the, the matchup in a second, but I wanted to point to, it just looked like the, at, at one point in the third quarter, you saw both teams, as, as, as I mentioned, weren't hitting their shots. You saw uh, – between the the combination of Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, and Marcus Smart, they went a combined those three eight for forty three from the floor, and three from twenty six mm. from three. They those three missed twenty three threes in total. They went eighteen percent on forty three shots. Those three guys. So they just the moment was just a little too big, and you kind of saw at one point because the Cavs players weren't missing shots either. Like J.R. Smith went the first half like zero for four. Or 0 for 5. Jeff mm-hmm. Green wasn't really hitting, but Jeff Green did play a great game. I was, it was really impressive to see him. But he, uh, you just saw the Cavs players, and I think part of this is because they're they're playing alongside LeBron James, and that just gives you the ultimate confidence. But in the second half, Jalen Brown was still shooting, but he wasn't. I don't think he even thought the shot was going in. He was in his own head. He's thinking, "Man, I can't hit anything. I got to get one. I got to get one." And same with Smart, and they kept thinking, "I can't get anything." And the other guys, like Jeff Green's like, if, if LeBron passes me the ball, one, it's I'm open. Two, it, you just know if LeBron, he's making the right play every time, I'm shooting. I'm not screwing up what he's doing. If he if he throws me the ball in the open corner, I'm, not taking, I'm passing down an open look. And then, lo and behold, third quarter comes and J.R. Smith starts hitting a few threes. I think he hit four in the second half. Jeff Green hit a few threes. You saw Jordan Clarkson hit a three. And you just realize it just it came down to that it's what you should have expected. Uh, both teams had trouble, but at the end of the day, you just go with the team that's been there and done that. And the Cavs have now been to four straight finals with LeBron. Right. I mean, Mr. Finals, making it to his, what, eighth? Eighth straight and ninth overall. I mean, the dude is just Mr. Finals. Mr. F. That's insane. I heard you say something. I just heard the little first part of the last of the pod y'all did without me where <laughs> – what, 78% of the players in the NBA weren't even in the NBA the last time he was not. They weren't even in the league the last time he wasn't in the finals. I mean, that's, that's incredible. So That's absurd. But, but real quick, I want to – J.R. Smith, um, I'm, I don't, I'm not a fan. Um, 
I wished I could remember what he did the last game I saw. He did something like kind of – didn't he do something kind of diss somebody or – Well, I think you're you're referring to when he – the dirty play he had on Al Horford. When they got blown out and he pushed Al Horford in the back. Yeah, when, when he was in was the going air. up for a shot. And I will say I understand fouling a guy when they go up for a shot, but pushing a guy in the back, making no play for the ball when he's left his feet is one of the most dangerous plays in basketball. Absolutely. It is a it dangerous was, It was blatantly play. dirty. I didn't like I, it either. I guess what I'm saying is I haven't seen enough from J.R. Smith that he would be on my team. I mean, I know he can get hot maybe at times, but he doesn't get hot enough for me. Well, I'll <laughs> say as of recently, he's been a lot less of – the, the J.R. Smith just jacking him up and the J.R. Smith hitting shots. He hasn't. He's been cold. He hasn't, but like he, you said. He just he wouldn't be on my team, and I just remember that incident, and I've kind of looked at his stat line. Let's see, he had 12 points, four rebounds, oh, zero assist. I'm sure that's a line he's used to throwing out on assist. <laughs> um, just just not a big fan of J.R. Smith. Um, so, I don't know, I just wanted to mention that. I do like uh, – I like Tristan Thompson. It looks like he's playing a little better. Let's go to the let's go to the some of the young guns on the Celtics. And one, let's just look at Jason Tatum balled out. I mean, he played he went toe to toe. Just I wanted to think about this because they had him in the in the postgame. So that dunk he had where he dunked on LeBron James. Yeah. And then he right. even kinda right. he stood up to the man and poked his chest out a little bit and I thought, wow. Now he quickly ran on off. Yeah, I don't, and they asked him after the game and he just he kinda at first they said what was that when you got in LeBron's grill? And he at first was like, uh, what? And they were like, after you dunked on him, you kind of got into his, into his face. And he goes, he just kind of chuckled. He was like, oh, yeah. Um, he, and he just said, I just I had to get him back because he hit me with two step backs in game six and sealed the game. So it was, it was nice to get him back. And I wasn't, I wasn't trying to disrespect him at all. It's just I was pretty pumped. I kind of forgot that I did that until you just mentioned it. Hey. But I loved it. I thought the Jason had going toe-to-toe with – I did too. I loved it, but the funniest thing was the way LeBron looks at him, like, "Dude, what? Are you kidding me?" <laughs> and really? He, yeah, he was. You're gonna step to me? He really. He kind of just looked like, "Are you serious?" And then it was like water off a duck's back. He was like, "Okay, give me the ball. Yeah. Let's go." You know. Um, but it was. But Tatum is. I think he's a good kid, and I think you know. I think LeBron was probably just tickled by it more than anything. Well, and you um, saw the moment they embraced after the game. LeBron I wish I saw it. I did. I okay. wish I could. I wish I could be the fly on there just to listen to what LeBron told that kid because they asked Tatum after the game, and Tatum was like, "Man, I'm I've grown up. Think about this. So LeBron's been to back in 2007 was the first time he went to the finals when he mm-hmm. took that Cavs team that was god awful and right. lost to the Spurs. Jason Tatum was, I believe, he was nine years old during that finals wow. run. So that's I would say right around nine is when you really start if you're a big basketball fan, that's probably when he really started watching basketball. So his whole basketball watching life, LeBron's been the best player on the floor. And now, fast forward, he is going toe to toe and really held his own against the best player of his generation. And that's just is it sc- one to be in a game seven with LeBron would be unbelievable. I think there's some of these guys on the court. When they're 40 years old, they're going to say, yeah, I played game seven against LeBron James in the Eastern Conference Finals. And Jason Tatum can say, not only did I play it, I dunked on him. I mean, mm-hmm. I went toe-to-toe. I think Jason Tatum is going to be a player in our league oh, in the man. next four years or so. I, I think I think Jason Tatum, he, 
I mean, question, is he the best player on the Celtics? I mean, I, you well, have to say Kyrie Irving probably is. I think he's the second best uh, player, though. He's better than I Hayward mean, right now. I think he's better than Hayward. I, oh, my God, I'd love to have the problem of setting that line, figuring out that lineup next year. What right. a dream Danny Ainge has in front of him. I want to look at the um, Celtics' future, too, but let's – so yeah, we need Jason, to do that. That's a that's a podcast, maybe, is the Celtics. Future, Jason Tatum but. jammed all over LeBron, but once one young Celtic didn't quite have the uh the same luck when right. Terry Rozier on the fast break decided and you could see when Rozier there was a play earlier in this series that some people were talking about where Rozier was running, he had a step on LeBron, and LeBron kind of you could tell was thinking, I might try to go chase this down and, and throw it. And, and Rozier noticed that, I think, and was like, all right, I can't go lay this sucker up. I got to go dunk it. And he dunked it, and LeBron realized, and was like, all right, and he didn't even try to contest it. But this time, they're both running, and you could tell, if you're Rozier and LeBron, you can tell we're about to meet at the mm-hmm. rim, and somebody's yep. going to win here. And yep. one, I give Rozier some credit for having the balls to go take on LeBron James. Why not a lot of credit? Give him a lot of credit for taking it up strong. Well, the only reason I don't give him a lot of credit is because he should have he should have ran to the corner, made LeBron go out with him, and Al Horford's cutting right behind him down the middle. He probably would have got an easy two or a much better look instead of trying to Dude. go up against the, the, the goat of this era. And... I, I, it was awesome. Some people tried to the, – the LeBron naysayers out there were trying to call foul on it. That was a clean block to me. Wait, time out. I have something to say on that. Okay. I wish yeah, I know it's probably going to be in the show notes. I saw him hit hand. I didn't see him get any of the ball, kid. Wait, wait, wait. Up here I mean, at the top? When he, he got the ball in hand, he, but hand's part of the he, ball. That's – if did he get ball first? If he did, he didn't get a lot of it. It wasn't <laughs> it wasn't the Capella block on uh, uh, who did Capella block KD? Yeah, Ke- uh, oh Capella blocked KD and just blocked. It, it. wasn't I mean, that kind of block. Okay, um, it was. I, I give I give Rozier a lot of credit for taking it to the man, and LeBron got him. I think it could have been a foul. I do. I'm not trying to wimp out on you. I think but it could have been, been a foul. I don't think it was. I will say, when I try to discredit him, say it's not the right play, and I still don't think it is. But that being said, if Tatum does mono, because the other one, I mean, if Rozier did, when Tatum dunked on it, was kind of a LeBron's trying to help, and mm-hmm. he jumped off one foot, and Tatum got off two and just skied, and it was a great dunk. Don't get me wrong, but the the Rozier dunk would have been he was. We both know yeah. ten feet from the basket. We both knew what we're getting into. Uh-huh. And let's see. And if he would have got it, the garden would the roof <laughs> would have would have been loaded. Would have exploded. The Celtics would have won that game seven. I think. I think it would have been that. So I get. I kind of like him trying to make a statement, and I bet the momentum just goes nuts if he's able to dunk on LeBron. But instead, LeBron and I don't know how you felt about this. So LeBron blocks him. I don't know if they showed it yes, in that shot I see. They showed it. LeBron stared him all the way down the court and really just he Terry Rozier went into a grave after that. Well, I mean, you know what? I, I hope that's not the death of his NBA career. But I man. didn't think of it from that vantage point. I'll I'll be honest. When I first saw him standing there just breathing, you know, just uh, you know, I thought for a minute I thought, <laughs> okay, yeah, you're the guy. Then I thought, okay, that's too much. Come on. Just go play ball. And well, but if it yeah. got in Rozier's head, if it, it what what part of the game was that? What wh- where that was the uh, fourth quarter, beginning of the fourth? Was that before or after uh, uh, Jason Tatum's dunk? Before Tatum's dunk. Okay, 
Wow. Because that was – I actually mentioned – I mentioned – I think I tweeted out after that. I was like, one day someone's going to go up on LeBron mano a mano, and they're going to dunk on him, but that day ain't today. And then Tatum, like four minutes later, did dunk on LeBron. I got to give him some credit, man. He jammed on him. Yeah. But, I, I, so how did you feel about him just standing there and they're just huffing and puffing like a big uh, silverback gorilla? Um, <laughs> I mean. Well, I'm a, I'm a big – you know, I love LeBron and – I try. I defend him a lot. It seems like, and I don't. Sometimes maybe I'm a LeBron homer. I don't know, but to me, all he hears over and over again is how you know first round. Oh, he's gonna lose to the Pacers. They're barely able to beat the Pacers, and they win in seven. LeBron does his thing. They're like, oh, but now Philly's the favorites in in the East anyway. LeBron's team's not that good. They got the Raptors. They can't beat them. And then he sweeps them. And then they go down 0-2 to the Celtics, and it's like, LeBron's not good enough. He's getting old. This is a young Celtics team. And then he goes against the Celtics, and they're like, oh, LeBron can't do it. He can't win against the Celtics. And these young guns keep trying to come for the top spot. And Rozier tried to challenge. You You, you, you got to beat the best to be the best. And I think LeBron, that was just him saying, look, look, guys, I'm still here. I don't care if I'm 33. I don't care if I've played 82 games this year. I'm playing all 48 tonight, and I'm winning this game seven. I liked it. I thought it was it was him just saying, your time's coming, Boston. Tatum's going to be really good one day, but it ain't today. Well, I really liked it. I did, um, and I take it going back to where the Jason Tatum dunk a little bit. Um, <laughs> I did look up the size differential between those two guys because Tatum is a slight guy. He is he is very mm-hmm. thin. So they're both six eight, but mm-hmm. Tatum is two o five. LeBron's two fifty, and I think two fifty may be on the line. I think that's coming I mean, short. I do too, because I mean LeBron is. There ain't no fat on him. I mean, he is uh, whatever he's packing. It's it's he's tough. Um, but anyway, so as I was looking, this was interesting to me. Kevin Durant is six nine two forty. Kevin Durant's one inches taller and only ten pounds lighter. But boy, does his build look completely it's a different. Yeah, I mean, different. It's, well, that's one thing. I think about how this. I, surely, I guess it takes a toll on LeBron. But there was a couple times. He would he would have the ball at uh at the three point line and just he would kind of have his back to it and Tatum would be harassing him a little bit and LeBron would just kind of as the post player does just put his back into him and really bump him and Tatum would go back like five feet and you just got to think those those body blows hurt that's a big man just hitting you over and over again and hey I don't know what it does to LeBron but it takes a toll it looks like it takes a toll on those Celtics I don't know so. if you remember we're talking about I know y'all talked about those basketball shoes I used to wear. I remember playing at the gym with old Big Fred, and I mean, Big Fred was probably about six seven, and every now and then it'd fall to me to guard him, and I mean, he would back you down hard. I mean, and throw that big ass into you, you know. <laughs> and, and I mean, it was it was that was aggressive, tiring stuff. It it wore you down. It really did wear you down. And I want to give some credit to uh, to Marcus Smart for being able to one I, earlier in the game. Marcus Smart, LeBron's got full head of steam, and he's realized at the three point line. You can just tell LeBron's going to the rack, and he's probably going to either make this or get fouled or get an and one. One, I mean, those, that's what's going to happen. He's not just going to miss this layup. And Marcus Smart steps in there and just takes a charge right in the chops, and it was a great charge. And I don't know, that's one of the most bra- that's a pretty brave thing to do. Step in front of as you're saying six eight. We'll, we'll say 250, but it's probably more like 270 just rolling at you. Right. And so I love Marcus Smart. I think he plays hard, and he has the chops to do that. But 
He people will seem surprised. <laughs> people seem surprised later in the game when he acted like he caught that elbow and clearly didn't. I mean, he, that's that's Mark is smart. If you've watched this, what he does, he's gonna flop, and it frustrates me to no end. But I'll still yeah. take him on my team. God, some of them were hilarious. I watched that like top five flops. Mark is smart, <laughs> and I can't remember one. Somebody threw their hip out a little bit, and he jumps in the air just. It's a, he literally we, jumps. I'll put it in the show notes. It's great. It's hilarious. <laughs> it is hilarious. And I like Marcus Smart. He's a tough defender. I mean, he's he's got a set. I, I like him, but that he is the biggest flopper I think I've well, ever Well, and seen. he'll and he'll go in. That's why I, what I like about him is LeBron will go try to post him up because if LeBron has Smart on him, he's going to try to post him up because he probably has six inches on him. Sure. And like we mentioned, he's putting – like Big Fred would do, LeBron's putting all that ass and all that 260 yep. pounds on you, and he's pushing at him. And Smart does not back down whatsoever and gives him as much as he can handle. And I like Smart with that. The only thing with the flopping, I know players flopping, that's one thing. Why do the guys, in your opinion, after like Marcus Smart gets the call, the ref calls it, and still afterward he's walking down the the court holding his head like he got like still nursing. He was like readjusting his jaw like he just took one. And you're like, come on, we just saw the replay. You didn't get touched. Your beard might have got skimmed, but. Well, I don't know why you're asking me. I wasn't a flopper. I mean, if I. I just, I'm, I don't understand it. I, the, only way, the only thing I can think is maybe the players are. Trying Marcus to Smart sell doesn't it wanna, for next Yeah, time. just let, let the ref know that, yeah, he really did get me. You don't want the ref to go, ah, shit, I just gave him a call. So next time I'm not going to give him the benefit of the right. doubt. I mean, just keeps, I think he's I just keeping it, on but, selling it. That is the only thing I could see. But so. we'll we'll move to the we'll move to the West. I just wanted to, like you said, Tatum is like he's nowhere near LeBron's size. He looks pretty slight in build. But LeBron also, if you go look at LeBron rookie year, he was a small guy too. He was skinny. He wasn't near this right. big. Oh, so yeah. Tatum's going to get bigger. Guy, yeah. He's going to get stronger. Kyrie's coming back. Hayward now will be, I guess, their third best player. They still have Al Horford, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and then get this, Dad. Next year in 2019, they have three lottery picks. Most Gosh. likely, they have the they have the Kings' first pick unprotected, or it's a top three protected. So as long as it's within the top three, which the Kings suck, and if the Kings don't get Luka Doncic, like me and you have talked about with the number right. one overall, then I think they could very well be right there in the top three. Which means, which means the Celtics could add another top five pick to this group next mm. year. I mean, that's just insane. Uh, give me Danny Ainge's problems. <laughs> give yeah. me Danny Ainge's problems. No doubt. But let's move to the West. And I was going to ask you, Dad, if – or let's just go to – have you – I felt so bad seeing – when the camera would pan over to Chris Paul on the bench, that was breaking my heart. Just his whole career he's been trying to get to the finals. And finally they have the Warriors on the brink of elimination. The best team – I think it's the best team ever assembled, but the best team in the past in the 2000s and – they have them on the brink, and they have two game. Or they have a game at home on seven, and Chris Paul can't go. He has to sit there and watch from the bench. It, it is terrible because I, I don't know that I'm as big a Chris Paul fan as as some people, but I do as really people, like him. I'm a him. huge big fan of him. Well, and like Rosillo, I like to listen to Rosillo, and I know he's a huge Chris Paul fan, and and Chris Paul's a solid player. I mean, he he reminds me a little about you know how it used to be about Chris Carter. Chris Carter, yeah. Would would I mean he'd get in your face just a little bit, or if he made a big first down, he was going to let you know. I didn't think he was a dirty player. I've seen, I don't know why Chris Paul threw that elbow in the butt of Kevin Durant. That was kind of <laughs> weird. But yeah. I, I mean, I do think Chris Paul is a good, solid person and player, and he is. 
his ability and talent has not gotten him to the to the finals, and he's that good. He's that he's just, good. Yeah, he's just a player that deserves to have a chance on that stage. And hasn't it's had it's not been his fault. It's just not been his fault. Uh, he's played well. And I did hate he pulled his hammy because I think y'all talked about it a little bit, what I heard on the first part. But Briefly, just briefly. You want, you want to play the, your best. I want to – if I'm going to beat you and I'm Golden State, I want Chris Paul on the floor. I want no excuses. If I beat you, yeah. I beat you. If I don't, I don't. And I hated it because at Chris the end Paul. of the, at the end of the day, if you look at the Warriors' run, they've had some some very fortunate things happen in this run. And back in 2015, when they won their first title, they Russell Westbrook tore his ACL when Patrick Beverly went for a steal in the second round. So they played the Warriors with no Russ. Then they played the Cavaliers with no Kyrie Irving. That was when LeBron was playing. There was no mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving or Kevin Love, so it was LeBron yeah. and Della Vadova. Yeah. And then this year they're gonna, they're going against Chris Paul or the, the Rockets, and then Chris Paul gets hurt. So, I think the Warriors probably hate – at the end of the day, a ring's a ring, and you can say – you can try to discredit you want, but they win, they win. But at, I think you're right. Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Green, they want to they, – they think they're the best on the court every time they step out, and they'd rather beat the Clippers – I mean the Rockets with the full bot, with the full team. And it and, just sucked not seeing them out there. Hey, I don't know if they would have beat them or not, Houston, in Game 7. But without Chris Paul, there was no way. Yeah, I, yeah. And actually, they played them a little closer than I thought for a good while. But, yeah, I did. I guess I'm like you, Kev. I felt, I felt bad for Chris Paul because he is not getting any younger. I mean, he, he needs to do it fast. And that's what – I just think you, Chris Paul is at that point in his career – and then we'll move on from this. But Chris Paul is at that point in his career where he realizes you don't take – because like when you're young, when you're Tatum – you kind of probably take these these moments the Celtics had in the Eastern Conference Finals for granted because you think, oh, that's my first year. I'll get back. We'll do this again. Chris Paul realizes shit happens. Guys get hurt. Mm-hmm. The, the Warriors pop up out of nowhere. LeBron goes to the Heat. You know, like you might not get another shot. It just Golly, it, yeah. every ask, every year's it. Ask Dan Marino. You know that story, right? Like he yeah. got to the Super Bowl his second year, and Dan Marino is one of the best quarterbacks that ever played the game. Maybe the and, best thrower of the football but, ever. But, arguably. Arguably, absolutely, and never got back. Never got back. So, so Chris Paul's right. at that point where Marino's at, at late in his career, where you realize every chance is it. And then at the bench, he's realized he's looking at it, going, "Wow, this could be." I mean, I'm only I'm 33 and getting older. The Warriors aren't. They're they're never going to be older than I am. I mean, I just and he has them right where you need them. You game seven, you have a shot. If you'd have told them before the year one game to go to the finals against the Warriors, they would have signed up in a heartbeat. Yep. And now Chris Paul has to sit there and watch. It was rough. It but was rough. I want to go to the Rockets. Man, the whole year, Daryl Morey's thing and what they've built this is on, they trust the math. They trust the fact that they're going to keep shooting threes and they're going to keep doing their thing. And eventually mm-hmm. they'll fall. And for once this year, they won 65 games and they were great this year. And I – Shocked me. I know you thought they could take the Warriors to seven, maybe, and you thought they really had a shot. I didn't even think they had a shot, so they really impressed me. But in game seven, the math, they trusted the math, and the math just failed. Math did, I mean, it went, didn't do it. Yeah. They went seven for 44 from deep, 27 in a row missed. It was crazy. So listen to this stat. A Sixers analytics guy, Eric Sidewater, he did the math on the Rockets' cold stretch and the likelihood of Houston missing 26 in a row, a team that shoots 36% from three during the regular season. The likelihood of them missing 26 in a row was .00084%. Or, in another word, 
one and one hundred eighteen thousand seven hundred and fifty-seven chances. So like, oh wow, it should not happen. It should never happen. If you want to say you could, you could see this coming. I don't. There's no way you expect the Rockets ever to miss twenty-six in a row, and they were good looks. Well, uh, yeah, I do think that Golden State played some good defense. I mean, they got back quick. I mean, they they got hands up on some shooters. But yeah, that that is an astronomical fact that they missed that many in a row. And Harden couldn't find the damn basket with his with both hands. I mean, it, it was from the from deep. Did he hit any threes? He he had. He also he broke the record for most missed threes in a single series. And he he did finally start hitting some, but he still I think in game seven he went. One for ten, I think, from deep. They it just couldn't. It, it was, and what I saw, and tell me what you thought. It was just they played so well the first half, and they played so well in the first half of Game Six, and they played so hard. They're playing great defense against. I mean, it was crazy. To, a team that I just have given no credit to defensively. They played amazing defense against the Warriors, and you could just. I think the misses just became legs. Ariza had no legs. He could not hit a three. Because if you watched him on the defensive end, he was giving Kevin Durant everything he could handle. P.J. Tucker was giving Draymond Green everything he could handle. Eric Gordon is given everything he's got. And then at some I point agree. in the second half, it starts to fail him. It just, they well, don't have the legs. Capella was amazing in the first half. And then I think – I don't remember him in the second half. I, I just – I can say that. Of course – I told you I spent a weekend at the river. I did not off once or twice. <laughs> I hate to he admit just, that, yeah, but I he, did. He didn't have as a bigger presence in the second half. I think if if anything, it's got to give you. It makes you look back to what LeBron did in the Eastern Conference Finals. You just can't. No one, a human being, should not be able to go forty five plus minutes playing at that level. You just shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. And the the Rockets couldn't. I mean, if you look at. We can get into the Warriors in third quarters. I just don't understand how it keeps I don't happening. either. I don't either. They're, I don't either. I mean, think of – so games one through five, the Warriors are – we already know they're a third quarter team and they're great in the second half. But in games six and seven, where the Rockets had the Warriors on the ropes, both games they went up and the, they, they've had a halftime lead of a double-digit halftime lead. And the Warriors came out in the second half. In the third quarters of those two games, in game six, Warriors outscored them by 17. In game seven, the Warriors outscored them by 18. And in total, in the second half of so game six and seven, the Warriors outscored the Rockets by 59 points in the second wow. halves. Wow. It just – Wow. I, I, don't, I, I want Steve Kerr – whatever Steve Kerr tells his guys at halftime, I want him, that to be like my alarm when I wake up in the morning. Just that's what gets me started each day because whatever it is must be good because they, well, they, they come out hot. I'll tell you one thing, though. I think one thing was just attrition got to Harden because the ball is – it. we talked about having the ball in your hands so much – I mean, he's sitting there, you know, dribble, dribble, faint, faint, double, dribble, dribble, faint, you know, drive. That, that you play ball. You, if you're going one on one every time, it's, t- that it's taxing. Is tough. Um, and you know, and he had to try to play some defense on the other side. And I thought played some good defense in spurts. So. He played some. He had a block on Draymond Green where he did a help defense, and I, Harden played his. I have. He, to he say, gave it all. I'm he giving had. respect to Harden. I, mm-hmm. Last year. There was that game six or seven against the Spurs yeah. where he just didn't show up, and I kind of I, I really had turned sour on Harden. I did. And too. this year, when there was there was a lot of opportunities for him to just say, "Well, it's just not in it for us. It's not us. It's just not it's not in the cards." And he gave it everything he got and went down swinging. He he went down swinging. So I, I and that's agree all with I asked for. I want you to go down swinging. If you lose, you lose. But 
Give me everything. Because I, I think he thought if I can, if we can somehow, you know, they almost needed to get lucky. But if they could have got lucky and won that game and get Chris Paul back, I mean, well, if I, they're going to win. The, whoever comes out of the West is going to win. I think. I, I mean, you still got I that guy. I think LeBron on, has on a better chance. Yeah, there's still that guy. I think he has a better chance against the Rockets. But you got to think Harden's thinking, man, if we can just, if Gerald Green can get hot, if one person here in the fourth quarter can get warm. Mm-hmm. And we beat them. We have a good shot at winning this. Day. Chris Paul is going to probably be back at some point in the finals. Even without Chris Paul, from top to bottom, it's a better roster on Houston. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he he saw he had a taste of the the championship of the finals, and and I I give him respect. He he did everything he could. Just wasn't enough. He just didn't have enough to beat the Warriors. And I want to. Did you notice some of that officiating? The Warriors got some calls in that game that really was off to me. Like, there was a couple calls in the There in the were first two half. calls. I do remember There was one that where word. Harden went up for a three, and he did it. It's this patented thing, and the Warriors do it too, where if you reach your hand in, they're going to go up and they'll swipe through and shoot. And, and they gave him no arm. foul. They gave him the foul Our, on the floor. They on the floor. And the first one was Kevin Durant, and he hit it. He got a four-point play. And, I mean, it's clear. All year we've seen that called a three-point shot. Yeah, I, I didn't, didn't get that either, it. Kev. And then um, later in the game, they did the same thing, didn't call it. And it was weird. The Warriors had that same call go their way in game six. And it, I don't think – it's not, the people that are going to go, the NBA is rigged, blah, blah, blah. There, there's no way the NBA would rather have, I think, the Warriors and Cavs. And I think the, the outside world would rather see a, a new face in the finals. But So I don't think I'll there's any, any credence to the rig thing. But Everybody I knew was rooting, rooting for Houston, just I guess because we're closer to Houston. But also, yeah, they wanted something, something new. They're just something different. It's like, oh, hum, I think, oh, your, your, uh, your future contender or whatever, yeah. Beatle even said, oh, ho, hum, it's, you know, um, fourth time we're going to see this. Yeah. So uh, and I then did there, was, see, there was a couple plays, and, uh, you know, me and my boy Jardy were talking during the games, and – I, I don't know what a moving screen is in the NBA. Sometimes they'll call one, but for the most part, they're just moving around. There was one where, and it'll get to me why I think Steph Curry is so important to this team, but Steph Curry passed the ball to Jordan Bell and then kept running, ran by him, and Jordan Bell blocks. He, like, I mean, literally just blocks the guy out of the way. I think it was Harden. And no <laughs> doubt. Like, it's got to be a call. I don't understand how that's not a call. And of yeah. course, Curry gets a good look in the corner. It's I mean, you don't even have to see the play. You know it's going in. Yeah, he was in that corner by the bench over there, wasn't yep. he? I think. And I, it was he blocked. You're right. I mean, it was a left <laughs> I mean, tackle block. It I mean, it was Tyron Smith on the Cowboys. He just it blocked was, him. <laughs> it was yeah. It was clear. So, uh, what was the final score in the game? The final score ended up being, I think, a, a nine point game. The Warriors won by nine. Well, but you know that didn't Harden make one of those? Uh, those one that should have been called well, a shooting so that's foul. The thing. And they didn't it give was it in to the third. There was two in the third quarter where one at the early would have been a four point play with uh, with Durant, and they gave it to him on the floor, and they end up not scoring. So that's four points lost. And again, I know it's it's easy to look back, but just in a game seven of this magnitude, every single play counts. And then a couple, of the, another one was late in the third quarter when the Warriors were on that run that they always go on that you knew it was going to mm-hmm. happen, but Harden gets the call. And it should be, all right, now we can slow the game down, basically get a free timeout and get three free throws, which Harden, I don't, we're not going to say he's guaranteed to make all three, but he's making two out of three. He's a 90% free throw shooter. That slows down the run. I just – those are yeah. big plays. And especially are, and a team like odd. we talked about, they're only going six deep. To get Harden to have three uh, time to just breathe on the free throw line and get a little breather and also get three points and kind of stop the run, stop the bleeding, those are huge. Each one of those yeah. are big-time calls. And then – on the other end, so you don't get the call there, 
And on the other end, you got Jordan Bell blocking out James Harden on a three pointer for for Curry. It just it was weird to see. I don't think I don't think there's anything about the NBA's rigged. It just it was some calls that didn't go the way of the Rockets. It happens in every game, and yeah, it's no, tough. I, I, I agree. It was it was peculiar, and I don't think the fix is in. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it was peculiar. And if I was a Houston fan, I would be upset about it. So, so the last note I really have the last two little things I have from this, and then we can go on to the finals. But mm-hmm. like you said, Clint Capella, I know he disappeared a little bit in the second half. I think you're right, but that first half, man, I know I was texting you, and you told me to you told me to calm down a little bit because I said it's at the dream out there compared to Mckeem Olajuwon. Yeah. I know he wasn't playing that good, but just he was just playing out of his mind, dunking he on was. people and blocking people. And I think I kind of think. The, the Rockets aren't going to have him much longer because his contract's up this year, and I think either the Mavericks or the Suns, they got a bunch of cap space. Someone's going to throw that guy a max contract, I think. I don't know if he'll get a max, but he's fixing to get money. He's going to get some. Way. Okay, and now I want to – I don't usually defend Draymond Green. He normally annoys the piss out of me, but there was a play where Draymond Green blocks James Harden. Good block. It was kind of mm-hmm. help defense. And then Draymond Green, and the way they kind of tripped over each other, Draymond Green ends up like running into Harden and almost like standing over him. And his his uh, his uh, men, man area was all up in Harden's face. And I don't think Draymond Green was doing it on purpose. It's just the way they were falling. And so Draymond Green tried to help Harden up. And he put two yeah. hands and gave Harden hands. And Harden, everyone gave afterward, he slings his hands to the side. He kind of pushed him aside like, whatever, screw you. And everyone gave Draymond Green crap because they were like, oh, look at Draymond being another punk, just doing it again, doing it again. But if you rewatch that, Harden was kind of being the punk there. He was Draymond, being the punk. Draymond Green got a bad rap for that. He, he deserves most of the bad rap he gets. Don't get me wrong. He does a lot of punk stuff. But Harden was being the punk. Well, because he was trying to help Harden up, and Harden was kind of letting his ass slide on the, gra- the ground and not, you know, if it's he would have put kid. his feet in the ground – he would have helped him up, but it, yeah, he's not. It's like, well, hell, okay, bullshit. Then don't get up. I mean, you know? it was identical I, to when I'm when I was a little kid. You're trying to get me to go do something I don't want to do. I'm just gonna pout and sit there on the floor. That's what Harden was doing, and he wasn't. He was let, doing exactly. And Green tried. Draymond Green was just trying to help him up, and then finally Draymond Green's like, "Well, shit, all right, screw you too, then," and threw his hands aside. And then Draymond Green what, got a bad rap for it. I was like, "Come on." What's amazing, Draymond Green helping somebody up from the other team. That's just really not his deal. Well, because I and, think he was I like, like, I respect the hell out of y'all are balling. Like, you're giving everything here. Let me right. help you up. I'm not trying to do anything disrespectful. And I don't know that Harden was completely trying to be disrespectful, but I can see where where Draymond Green was kind of like, well, dude, I want to help you up, but if you don't want to get up and just – I can see that, just throwing his arms away. I I don't think Draymond Green did anything wrong there. Yeah, it wasn't uh, – I'm not getting on to Harden at all. At all. I, I, I don't think Harden was maybe being disrespectful because you probably – you assume Draymond Green's just trying to be a dick because that's what he does. But I just thought Twitter erupted, and then even the sites the next, like what, like stuff the next day was like, Draymond Green's a punk yet again. Checked out this video. I was like, watch the video. He's not being a punk. Yeah. I'm with you, Kev. I disagree. Draymond Green was, was cool there. It was not his, not his problem. But so – Let's go on to did this game seven? Did the Rockets show you a a chink in the Warriors' armor that maybe the Cavs have a shot? Or do you, did that do what? What is, what is your thoughts heading into the finals? What's kind of your, I think as long as well, who is it that says Mama? There's that man. What you know, Mark Jackson. As long as LeBron James is on a team, yes, they got a chance because he is he is that 
He's the best player on the court. He, he's the best player on the planet. And um, yeah, so we don't have to go LeBron Jordan, but I think we've seen LeBron is number one and number two is a distance behind him. I don't, oh yeah. Last year yeah. after the finals, people tried to say Kevin Durant might be as good a LeBron or better. LeBron's the best player on the planet. He's still. the best player on the planet Man's now. Gone. The combination of KD. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, who I'm telling you, Clay Thompson is the shit. I mean, he's the fact that you go down to the fourth player and Clay Thompson's the fourth guy you mentioned on that team is amazing. Clay Thompson is is because I mean he is scores mentality. He gets that ball and he goes right up. All right, so Dad, we I, I was watching the game the other day and I thought, is Clay the best player? He's the best player I think since I've really been watching basketball. But the best player. To never be the best on his own team, so mm-hmm. a Robin. I mean, he. I mean, shoot, he's probably the third best at best on this team. Yeah, really, but he's the third best in this case. But as would you say, you've watched more basketball in your era, in your day. So is Clay Thompson the best player to never be the best on his own team? No, or just second fiddle. Okay, let me hear. It. No, he's not. And I, the the one that I think comes to mind for everybody is going to be Scottie Pippen. I mean, okay, Scottie that's Pippen, that's the one that thought I didn't watch him nearly as much. And, and, honestly, but and no doubt he came to my mind first. But I, I think I'm going to have a couple that'll throw you. I've got five. Well, does Scotty um, count? Uh, he was the best player on his team for two years when Jordan I, I took us to bat. No, count? Okay, yes, okay. he counts. No. <laughs> No. And Pippen, no Pippen's Pippen a was, top 50 player of all time. I mean, he's a. I was going to say, legit. exactly. He was a top 50 player of all time. No doubt he was legit. Maybe if things would have been different, he might have been a complete stud in his own right. But he was anyway. But he will never – he will always be Robin to Jordan's Batman. Did, Jor- so, did, did LeBron ever have a Robin that good? Hmm, nobody's coming to mind. I think everybody hoped Kevin uh, Love would be that guy. But Is he just, he's close? just not. No, no, he's not so, close. I think that that should go into the argument of the goats of all time. But let's let's stay where we're at. Let's okay. stay with let's okay. stay with our second fiddle. Who else you got for me? I'm sorry, well, I didn't bring it up. You know who who immediately came to mind is, uh, and this was uh, probably a little before your time, was Joe Dumars. Okay. Joe Dumars to Isaiah Thomas. I'm telling you, Joe Dumars was he's a, a two guard. Uh, I he's got a yeah. He, he was an amazing ball player. And I can't remember where he was from. Some small college. Nobody thought he was going to be all that good. And obviously, Isaiah Thomas, eh, you know, I'm not a, the biggest fan of his, but he was a great baller. He, there was just no doubt he was a great baller. He's from McNeese jo- State University. McNeese State in South Louisiana. Yeah, crazy. But so Joe Dumars came to mind. And so then I was trying to think of a few more, and I actually – Googled something up, and so I got to give a little credit to a guy, Josh Martin, with the Bleacher Report is okay. what I Googled it up, and it came up. And here's some others that he had, and I certainly agree with. The, the next one was very interesting, James Worthy. James Worthy was a second fiddle to Magic Johnson for a long time, and big game James, as he was known, could really bring it home. But he uh, – uh, magic, yeah, and, and a lot of that was magic getting him in the ball at the right place at the right time. But but so James Worthy was on Mr. Martin's list. Another one, and I was trying to think of who would have been Larry Bird's. Who would have been Larry Bird's second fiddle? Do you even have an opinion? I know you didn't uh, well, watch a lot of him. Mikhail is the first person that comes to Mikhail, mind, but didn't Mikhail, Mikhail come Mikhail. off the bench? No, no, Mikhail, okay. I don't think so. Mikhail was a starter. Uh, he was like a, a four, a, you know, a four, a power forward. And he played underneath. You know, his game was was dip, dip, Him, dive. Was there? There's uh, Parrish, Dennis Johnson. Robert I mean, McHale would be the guy, they right? They had uh, 
They had, what, Dennis Johnson at the point, who was good. And they had another, well, was it Cornbread Maxwell and yeah, all the, those the guys? Yeah, the three that but, come to my mind that I really remember were uh, Parrish, Dennis Johnson, and Mikel. And I, to me, I don't obviously didn't watch them, but from all the documentaries mm. I've watched and what I've read, Mikel's that guy. He was the second player for him. Mikel was, was really amazing. I, I really enjoyed watching him play. And then the next one that this guy had, and I never saw him play, was Bob Cousy. So that would be to Bill Russell. Um, I never really watched Bob Cousy play. I've seen some highlights, and I think he was really all that in a bag of chips. Uh, but Bill Russell, you know, is in the argument for best of all time. And I didn't rank these, actually. I think the way the guy ranked them, I think Joe Dumars was his fifth out of five. But, boy, I, got to, I watched a lot of basketball then because that, a lot of that was Jordan – and the Bulls playing Detroit to get out of the East. Um, Dumars was incredible. So he is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I, did, he I is don't a know Hall that I realized that, is. but he certainly deserves to be. So, so I don't know. I thought that was plenty second fiddles. I was know. I was trying to think of guys in in today's game, and mm-hmm. I mean the first the first person that came to my mind was like, okay, Kobe was a second fiddle to Shaq, but then he became the best player on his team. So he comes out of the like. I think that's why you're you're bringing up who you brought up. Like, Dumars was always the second to Isaiah, right? He was never his own. Right, right. But, I, but you know, Kobe and, and Shaq were just two studs. I mean, they were probably like, to me, D-Wade and LeBron. I mean, maybe you could say Bosh was Robin to those two Batmans. And I think LeBron was the best player. Yeah. But still, I don't know. I don't think a D-Wade is a second fiddle, maybe because he's had such a career well, I think that's why that. you don't count. The, the way I count it is a guy who has never been the guy on his team. D-Wade was definitely the guy on his team for years. I mean, seven mm-hmm. or eight years. And, Clay, I, do you think you could build a team around Clay Thompson? Like, if he were to leave? I don't know. I, no. I, he does I, catch I and mean, shoot Clay, a lot. He, he's a catch and shoot guy. He can handle the ball. Um but he just seems uh, a guy that's going to keep cutting, moving to the basket, going around picks, getting open, and he gets rid of the ball fast. So I don't see Clay Thompson as a guy you can build around, but boy, would I want him on my team. I would absolutely want him on my team. Yeah, I, I just – I love everything about uh, – it's interesting to me the, the the lack of love it seems like he get for how important he is to that team, he guards the best perimeter player. And you talk about spacing. Nobody spaces a floor better than a Clay Thompson just because – like Curry shoots as well, but I think Curry can do it off his own dribble. Clay mm. catch and shoot. The, how fast that thing gets up! I what well, really? If you're Kevin Durant, you need to go watch Clay Thompson film and watch how he moves without the ball, and because he can score exactly as we've mentioned, he can score thirty because they're catch and shoot threes or layups where he back cuts someone. He just moves so well. And if you're Kevin Durant, if you can go get twenty points like that, and then in the fourth quarter or third quarter when everyone needs a break. If your fourth option is iso ball with Durant, now that is a hell of an option. One more thing on Clay Thompson. Yeah. When you were saying that, it kind of reminded me when Clay Thompson gets the ball off a pass, usually because it's again, you're right. He's not making his his own shot with the dribble. He's cutting or whatever, even at the three point line or in the paint. It it kind of reminds me. I think he's a finisher. It reminds me of Kyrie Irving when Kyrie Irving's got the ball going to the basket. I mean, he's just going to make it. And I feel like that when Clay Thompson gets a good look, it doesn't take but just a second, but if he gets a good look or he gets a pass, I don't care if his guy's right on him, he's going to turn around and flip it into the back. I mean, he's a finisher. He is, and it, it's um, a catch and finish, too. It's it, it's 
He's able to catch a ball and just he always knows where the rim is. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. He, and he can make it. He just I, now I thought I love. I, I'm probably getting off on a little thing here, but when he was, he should have come out of the game. Kerr should have got him out of the game when he got that quick two fouls, and he was like, "Oh, you I know, got it's interesting. this." And then he got another stupid foul. Uh, yeah, that was a dumb front. foul on that three-pointer. The third one was a stupid foul. And he ended up – what was that, three fouls in two minutes, like the first two minutes of the yeah. game? That was, that's rough. That was rough. And that's what, that's what can happen in a game seven. So I said, oh, my gosh. You know, you get Clay Thompson out, you got a chance. Uh, yeah. Anything could happen in a game seven. I think that's why the shooting was so bad because those young guys, th- there's got to be a lot of pressure. And I heard – I think it was Charles Barkley was talking about the pace of a game seven or – Kenny uh, Kenny Smith, I don't know if you saw this before the game. He's like, I talked to my big man. Do you want Do you want me to get you started? I thought this was great. This was oh, really good. Was awesome. He's like, Do you want me to get you started, big man, or do you want me to kind of you want to conserve some energy till the end of the game, and then I'm going to come to you? What do you want? And I thought Barkley was very astute in what he said. He goes, There ain't no pace to a game seven. It's give it hell. And Shaq said the same thing. Shaq, Shaq said was the like, same nah. thing. No, we got to go. He said you got to give it hell from it's the go tip time. to it's go you time. can't give it no more. Um, I thought that was so cool when Kenny Smith said he would go to Akeem Olajuwon and say, do you want to get the ball earlier or do you want me to try to assert myself and you be ready in the fourth? Mm-hmm. I thought that whole thing – that's why we're not going to get too big on it, but the TNT, when the games are on TNT, man, I, it's it's just better than when it's on ESPN. Who's got the finals? ESPN. Yeah, so they're done. They always do. ABC, yeah. yeah. Okay. I just love – and it's not even the announcers because I, I don't – I like Reggie Miller. I know a lot of people don't. I Chris like Weber, I could, I could do without Chris Weber. Yeah. But the inside the NBA crew, I will stay up and watch that after the game. I'll turn on the, t- I'll schedule my TV to turn to watch it before the game. Mm-hmm. I love watching Chuck and Kenny and EJ and Shaq. They're just, it's great. Yeah, I but do too. let's get on to what we think. So you were you were talking about the well, Warriors and the Cavs. Yeah, you're not going to count me. out LeBron because he's no, LeBron. But. but tell me a little bit. What is uh, what is so Kevin loves in cro- uh, concussion protocol. You know that's. Look, basketball is not a contact sport per se. I don't understand why they have to go through the same. Are they going through a same concussion protocol as NFL? Well, with what we know, though, a repeated shot to the brain can cause. I I don't. I I don't. I'm okay with him sitting out if if he has a concussion. Well, I don't think I mind him sitting out if he's getting headaches. You know, if lights bothering him, and I don't know what the protocol is. I guess I should say, but I don't think I would think a basketball player could come back a little quicker his concussion protocol should be a little quicker than an nfl concussion protocol but so he how, how long does it last kev i would say he'd be back by one i would by i don't know one? for a fact but i would i would assume but interestingly okay. on your point lebron took that shot to the head against the celtics in like game two i think and there i, I don't know if it was lebron saying this or the or the Cavs saying it but no one even mentioned the word it looked like it could right. be a concussion because he kind of looked rattled. No one mentioned it. They were There was no way that LeBron was sitting out this game. Yeah. He just, it just, he just moving right along. All right, but so another injury thing. What's Iguodala? He's got so a contusion, which is a bruise. It must be a very severe bruise. A contusion's a really deep okay. bruise, and it was in that knee, and he hasn't played. He, he's been game-time decision both games. So, I mean, I assume he's game-time decision again Monday well, night it, but or Thursday night when they Iguodala, play the finals, but. Plays really good defense on LeBron, and and they're gonna miss him if he if he can't play in this series. I do think that makes a difference. So, um, 
I don't know. Okay, I was wondering about the, the status of the injuries. There's no other big injuries we need to be concerned about, is there? That's it, really. Those those are the injuries. I mean, everyone else is, seems healthy. LeBron's just got to go get some get, – get, just ice them legs down for the next three hours. He needs to go get in the hyperbolic chamber. But, yeah, that, there's no injuries. Well, I don't think it, – if it goes seven, I, I, it, it doesn't go seven. I don't. I think that the, the Warriors cannot let it go seven. Um, so, I say – I think it's the Warriors in six is how I think it's going to play out. I think it's probably Warriors in five. Maybe five, um, yeah. But I just don't – there's just – you look at top to bottom of the roster, just there's just no way. I, and and that's – it's kind of what you mentioned. So, what the Warriors can do – we it's funny. So, we've already mentioned the top four guys, and we thought it was crazy that four is Clay Thompson. The fifth guy, Iguodala, who may or may not play, is a finals MVP. He won finals MVP their first time they won it. Yeah. I mean, that's their fifth option. And I think it's huge what you're saying where the Warriors can throw Iguodala, who's a great defender on LeBron. It's going to make LeBron work for everything. Mm-hmm. And when Iguodala gets tired, they can throw Durant on LeBron, who's a good defender. He can, he's long. He has some length. He's, he's really improved his defense. And then when he gets tired, they still have Klay Thompson, who's 6'7", really good defender, going to make LeBron work. When he gets tired, they can throw Draymond Green, who's going to make LeBron work. All these guys can keep giving him effort. For Durant, who's the only guy on the Cavaliers that can guard Durant? There's one. And it's, it's LeBron, LeBron right? Because I, mean, I was think I kind of want to go through the matchups. Who's going to guard you're who? You're throwing Corver on him? Cor- you're throwing J.R. Smith? Tristan Thompson. I mean, Tristan Thompson. Jeff Green? Tristan, None of them. Thompson doesn't have the leg work, does he? He just doesn't have the feet No, work. he's going to have to stay down there with, with Draymond Green uh, at the, on the block. Yeah. There's nobody. There's. I mean, that's the thing. Like, LeBron's got to go. He's got to be the best player on both ends of the floor for 48 minutes. And Steph Curry, or the other guys, like Steph Curry, he can take a playoff on defense here or there. Or Kevin Durant can let Iguodala take LeBron, and I'll go guard Corver in the corner. Which, how much, ener- how much energy does Corver really take from you guarding him in the corner? You have to keep an eye on him because he can hit, but well, I mean, you're, not, you're not fatiguing yourself. Whoever Corver's got, if he's got somebody of any stature, he ought to be running through picks, running, 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 trying to wear them out. Um, but I, I agree. The, I, uh, the matchups just don't work in Cleveland's favor. You've got LeBron against four, four po- potential Hall of Famers. I mean, yeah. seriously. So, and I think I think it, when it's all said and done, Iguodala is not a Hall of Famer. When it's all said and done, his career is going to be one that is serious. I just. You just look at the matchups. I, besides LeBron, I think the Warriors win the matchup in every other position. Yep. At any point in four, and that's just why I don't think it goes. Like you said, though, you never know. That's why you play the game, and that's why LeBron, I think, gives all this effort to get to the finals. And that's why I love where he's at in his career, where he won't like. We mentioned back in 2010, we mentioned on an old podcast where he, where he quit on the the Cavs mm-hmm. when they played the Celtics. And I think you see that LeBron doesn't do that anymore because he realizes. If I can get to the finals, maybe Draymond Green kicks someone in the nuts and is out for a <laughs> game, and we come back from a 3-1. Or maybe Steph Curry rolls an ankle. Or maybe you, – you just you never know. Well, and if he gets to a game seven, I'm taking 23 in Cleveland. I, you know, in game I, seven. if KD keeps running that isolation ball offense crap – Thank you. Let's, it, let's, let's talk I, about I just, it. I don't know what he's doing. And, you know, they had that little scene they called a Steve Kerr running behind him like, move the ball, move the ball. And the story that, that, that he told him that we read in the Jordan rules about, I think Phil Jackson had told uh, Michael Jordan that, you know, you got to make that first pass. Trust the guy to hit the shot. Just trust him. And why did Kerr even feel the need to have to say that to KD? 
something I think something's going on with KD. I really do. I don't think he's on top of his game. Well, so what's really weird to me, and it's a, I love where you're going with that because he left he left Golden or Oklahoma City so he could get out of it's what Bill Simmons calls the he called this back in OKC the toilet bowl offense where they just go Westbrook ISO, Durant ISO. And I Durant is well, we talked about the Warrior, the Rockets are ISO ball. Durant is the best ISO player in the world. It's so hard to guard a guy that's seven foot, six nine, whatever you want. I, he looks close to seven foot to me, but it's so hard to guard a guy like that that can put the ball on the floor like a point guard that can pull up. I mean, you can all you can do is contest his shot. You right, can't right. stop him. But that that and that's why the Oklahoma City could never get past the Warriors because at the end of the day, when the Warriors start moving the ball around, it gets Steph going, it gets Clay going, it gets Iguodala going, it gets everyone hot. And you and that's why I think you see in the third quarter, every time when they get hot, why what happens? Steph Curry blows up. It's never Durant gets really hot in their big third quarters. Mm-hmm. It's always Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Because watch the game. Watch what and it's like that moving screen with Jordan Bell. Even though it was a moving screen, you see it. The next possession they did it on the other side where it wasn't a moving screen. But Curry passes it and it's so fascinating. Actually, Tim Legler pointed out one of these on ESPN. I love Tim Legler when he does mm-hmm. his do too. Uh, Scott Van Pelt segments. But he pointed out where when Curry passes it, a lot of times like you double. So he can get he can beat you off the dribble and he gets in the lane, and so that makes two people collapse on him. And then he'll pass it. And so a lot of times initially, and you've, you've, you've hooped, when, when your man passes, that's your minute to kind of – you take a, a sigh of relief. Right? Okay, Curry didn't beat me to the layup. You take a deep breath. Shouldn't Curry do it with Curry. Curry doesn't <laughs> stop, though. He, he instantly he'll, – like he'll sprint after where like, – so if he kicks it to Jordan Bell on the short corner – He'll sprint down the baseline behind Jordan Bell, and now all of a sudden, if you take just a second to breathe, he's got a look from three-point in the corner, and he hits it. And then if he doesn't hit it, then you're having to rotate everyone else, and now Clay Thompson's open at the top of the key. I just But KD but playing that ISO ball stops all that. That's why I It don't... stops everything. It turns it into an ugly game, and if you turn it into a if, – if somehow the Cavs can do what the Rockets did and muddy up the game – and make it that iso ball. They've got I'm a taking chance. LeBron an iso ball, and I'm taking him trusting his teammates over Kevin Durant because we just saw. It reminded me eerily of so I rewatched for the I don't know tenth time the really? Mavericks run seriously. Yeah, I rewatched their their run to the championship because it was interesting to me. I, really, the reason I rewatched it was because every team you don't see very many teams win a championship where there's one star. It's 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 Shaq and Kobe. It's Tim and Manu and Tony Parker. It's it's the the Pistons when they had a, like five really good players, or the Warriors with this team. The, so for the Cavs to win it, they would need it'd be LeBron. I think it's LeBron. I, Love's good, but he's not on the level of the other stars in this series. Agreed. And the last team to do that was my beloved Mavericks when it was Dirk and a bunch of really good role players. They played well, and so I tried to like rewatch how did that happen? How did they beat a better team? And it was just they muddied up the game. And at the end of the mm-hmm. games, you saw you saw LeBron and, and Dwayne Wade, instead of swinging the ball around and moving their just fast-paced, awesome offense, they just would go, all right, D-Wade, you stand in the corner, LeBron's turn. All right, LeBron, you stand in the corner, it's Dwayne Wade's turn. And when you get to that style of offense and you get to a team like Dirk, who's going who's gonna, to – we're going to run it through him, but they know how to – the other players like Terry know how to play off of Dirk. They know how to do that because that's how they've always – their whole career has been playing off the star. Curry doesn't play off a star. Durant doesn't play off a star. They've always been the guy. Mm-hmm. So they don't do it as well. And I just think if they can somehow, if the Cavs can somehow muddy up the game and make it that 87 to 85 
90 to 90 game instead of the 115 to 110. Because if it gets up in the hundreds, the Warriors blow them out each game by 20 because that's just they're too quick, they're too fast, they're too good. Well, Houston's defense gave them some fits, and it really you could see when all of a sudden uh, those arms were getting in the way of those passes. Uh, that usually are just so beautiful and slick through and everybody's just sailing and going. It kind of made them edgy, I think, was the word. I heard Steph Curry used it, that they got a little edgy in one of those games because because their usual just stuff wasn't, wasn't working. So, I don't know. Things can happen in a series, but I don't think Cleveland's got the horses. We will uh, – I hope there's some good basketball. I'm going to watch the games yeah. for sure, but – I'm I'm what I I could see a lot of what we saw in game 6 and 7 in the Western Conference Finals where the Cavs are going to they're only going to be able to go probably 6 deep, maybe 7 deep. Yeah. And they'll if they play good, they they're going to have to play balls to the wall and I just think they'll start fatiguing in the third quarter and the Warriors can just keep throwing guys in there and if not in the third quarter just, in about the fourth game, you know, they're just it's yeah. their legs are going to be gone. So But you never know I that's why they if play LeBron the game. Somehow do it. Yeah, it's why you play. If LeBron can, it, if he can win this finals, it's going to be huge. I think it kind of offsets some of his like if in the big Jordan LeBron argument, I think it would offset some of those losses to beat a team. Of, mm-hmm. I think this would be the biggest upset maybe in sports history if he can beat him in a series and not just a one game thing. Yeah. But I just don't see it happening. I think Warriors in five. I think it's more likely to be a sweep than it is to be a six game series in my eyes. I know. I got you. Good be. I hope uh, not, though. I hope I was wrong. I said the same thing about in the Western Conference Finals, and you said it's seven games, and I was so glad to be wrong. I, ho- I hope the Cavs can yeah. force the seventh game. I just – it would be tough. Yep. I'm with you. Oh, real quick, real quick. I wanted to get on. So, those were the shoes that we mentioned in, in uh, the beginning of the pod earlier this week. Yes. That I mentioned that LeBron was wearing in 2002. Mm-hmm. I, was I right? Are those the same shoes? I believe those were the same shoes that you Exactly. Owned. I mean, <laughs> I didn't know. I don't know that I knew. No, I, when you tweeted that, I do think you said it's about Pops used to play in these. So, yeah. so I saw them, and I had to zoom in on them. But there's just no doubt those are exactly uh, that pair of basketball shoes that I wore for a long time. I remember because it had an insole in it that had a red – Reebok kind of logo on it and it'd get my socks red because you know you would sweat <laughs> and everything and my socks would be red you know right on like the ball of your foot or maybe it was That's the heel I can't remember but it would I would have a red spot on all my basketball socks so those were I the just, shoes I, it, was, it was funny I saw that picture and one I just thought it was a cool picture because it's all, some of those guys so young but then I, I saw the shoes and I kind of thought those look a lot like the shoes dad used to wear and I zoomed in and I thought I'll be damned. I think those are the same. I think Pops is lacing up the same thing that LeBron was lacing up in 2002. Well, now, and I, I heard you guys kind of allude to the fact that maybe I wouldn't let y'all run the air conditioner or maybe y'all would go hungry some nights. Come on now. There wasn't like y'all went hungry for my basketball shoes or anything. Jeez. No, 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 no. But I will say I, I wonder sometimes why I like shoes so much, and it's and I think I, I think the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because you were apparently on your shoe game back in the day oh i loved it my favorite pair of shoes ever though were my original air jordans those white with the orange on them really oh, you, had, you had some original jays yeah man i was balling in those things and you talk about now those reeboks i might put them on and and get in my car and go to the gym those jordans 
They didn't touch anything. They touched the gym floor. That was it. The huh? gym floor. That's what our carpet at the house. I mean, sometimes I just wear them around at the house, but they uh, those things were meant for hardwood only. <laughs> no concrete. No concrete on those things. Uh, they were not rain driven. I promise. They didn't get <laughs> rain driven. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that does it for uh, for this week. Um, fun week we had. Uh, if you haven't heard, we had pops wasn't able to get in with us last week. He was he was too busy having just a. A dang good old time this weekend, and so so Hannah joined us. The voice on our intro, she joined me and LJ, the beautiful Miss Hannah, LJ's future wife. She joined yes. us to uh, to to a pod, and we got into all kinds of stuff. It was fun. We talked Disney movies, we talked rap beefs. We it was it was a little bit different, but it was fun. And then no, I'm I'm worried if y'all are gonna want me back. I mean. It was, <laughs> I hadn't listened to it all yet, but it was going pretty good. <laughs> so. I think I think Hannah Hannah needs to come back on. I, anytime she wants to come on, she she's willing, she's ready. I, I think mean, she was good. She was good. But yep. That'll wrap up this fun week, a little double week. We had extra, so I hope I hope the finals are good. I hope we go seven, Dad, for 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 this week. Sign out. No. All right. Peace. <laughs>